I mean, I'll introduce this one uh, NPR style. Okay. Uh, good evening and welcome to This Is Only a Test. This is episode 34, recorded October 28th, 2010. your host, William Smith, joining me today from Tested.com, uh, former online editor of Maximum PC and intern extraordinaire at PC Gamer is Norman Chan. From NPR News, I'm Craig Wyndham. And uh, also we have the special pleasure of having the screenwriter of the Book of Eli, former editor-in-chief of PC Gamer, co-host of the Game Theory podcast, along with Colin Campbell, uh, Mr. Gary Witta. I'm not sure I can uh, keep up with this very softly spoken intelligentsia national public radio kind of spiel that we've got going on here, even with the British accent. And Would you like me little, to get you a tough. cup of tea, Mr. Witter? I feel like I feel like there's some sweaty balls in our future. <laughs> you think we have sweaty balls in here? No one can beat my sweaty balls. I just like to get them in my mouth. They're sweaty and delicious. I can't remember the rest of the joke. I have to. I think I'm done. I think we should stop this now. Yeah, I've got to, I, and I've got yeah. to, I've got to get out of here soon. I've got to go say something disparaging about Muslims on Fox News right after this. So. <laughs> oh, too soon. <laughs> uh, okay, so without any further ado, what, what's what's going on? What is, what's everybody into this week? What, what are you doing? Is anybody? Uh, we're recording this for the first time with the brand new version of GarageBand, courtesy of iLife Eleven. How are you liking iLife Eleven so far? Well, it took me a couple of minutes to figure out how to to enable multi-track recording, which is pretty key to recording the podcast. So uh, now that that hurdle is crossed, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm feeling okay. When, when, when we saw the announcement of the features, you were quite excited about how this was going to help your podcasting job. Have you seen any evidence of that yet? I'm more excited about the iMovie changes, actually. Okay. While, while movie we don't, trailers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. We're going to do everything like a movie trailer now. Has anyone made a movie trailer yet? I have not. Is this going to put Honor out of a job? No. I don't think so. If not, I mean, she might have to learn a new tool. I can now equalize audio. Yes. Yes, we can clip audio tracks. You can edit audio from within iMovie. So when somebody goes <coughs> on a second track, you can get rid of that now. Yeah, because there's no there's no cough button in here. No, no, we have no cough button. We're not that advanced. That would yeah. be that would be a good thing to you add. You have to though. do a Tayzunday and step away yeah. from the mic. Move your mouth away from the microphone. To breathe, you breathe in. How long do you think before they have iLife for iPad? Uh, judging by iMovie on iPhone, I hope it's a long time. I, I think next year. I think there's got to be yeah. I'm surprised if there's iMovie for iPhone. Why not for why? Well, once they put a camera in the i in the iPad, I imagine there will also be some kind of well, i i, I photo mean, iLife I movie. If they did, it, it would be the perfect thing to do to convince people that the iPad or to make a statement at least it's that a the real iPad computer, is a real production machine, specialized not, production. Yeah, I have not upgraded to the new iLife. I don't get a lot out of it. I, you don't do I, that. I juggle photos around, but I don't do the GarageBand or I don't make I don't make movies so. A handful of, of, albeit quite nice, iPhoto improvements is not really worth 50 bucks for me. I just, I upgrade iLife when I upgrade my Mac, basically, you know, because you always get the latest version when you buy a new Mac. So speaking of new Macs, have you bought a MacBook Air yet? Gary? No, I, I, the fact is I really don't need one, as sexy as they so obviously are. My, the, I have a very light computing load in my mobile life. I don't need 
my laptop or my iPad to do anything more than just uh, basic web browsing, email, uh, some word processing. You know, pages so, on, pages on the iPad does a very good job of that. So, so iPad's good enough for you. It's basically. good enough for me. I plug it into my keyboard dock or a Bluetooth keyboard, and 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 that's that's enough. So. There's there's such a huge overlap between what the MacBook Air would be doing for me and what the iPad already does that it's it would be very wasteful. So basically, I've having said that though, I know that if I go into an Apple store and look at one, it's all the, over. The lust is going to kick in, and I'm, it's going to turn into a, a want not need type equation. So can we talk about the ads that were on during the World Series? I mean, I suppose you guys both watched the series last night. Of course, yes. go Giants! Yeah, go Giants! Fear the beard. Um, one of the things that really stood out to me was how different the ads. Because, I mean, I saw Apple ads. I saw Evo 4G ads. Yeah. I saw HTC Incredible ads. Yeah. It's uh, a good way to com- to compare very quickly all the different approaches to marketing that these companies have. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because the Evo stuff really focused on who's first. And right? that's been their – they've had those ads for months, mm. months and months. And it's months. quite compelling. For, I mean, even just the term 4G you, you, in your brain, yeah. you go, well, that must be better than 3G. Well, yeah, but it, for, I mean, we all know 4G is kind of – it's not really – Ford, it's WiMAX. It's not really 4G, but I mean, it's fast. It's significantly yeah, you, faster. You people than, like you and I know that, but the majority of phone consumers are true. just going, that sounds better to me. That's one more G yeah, than I mean, 3G. But they they were going after stuff that I wouldn't think they'd be marketing to normal people for. So they were going after no flash on iPhone. I mean, that was a that was a, that was was a a clear message on both the Evo and the Incredible ads. Well, what were they saying? Like, get the Basically, whole Basically, they said, yeah, with, now with flash. Oh, get, okay. get the Evo 4G with flash. Okay. I mean, I don't know that people know what flash is. Well, I think it's become mainstream enough now that you can you can do that. You can put that in adding up. Well, I think Flash is something that I want. Of course, you know what Flash is. You see those need Flash add-ons all the time. They're on even even if I it's suppose. even if it's these kind of I I heard it has to Wi-Fi's type people. You know, Flash is something that's Fair in enough. there. And I, like, I, I don't I don't know what Flash is, but I think it's something that I probably want. Would probably have a device that has you'd rather it have a device that includes Flash rather than excludes Flash. Yeah. Even yeah. if you just think Flash is like a little bit of shiny on yeah. the outside. They were pushing their version of the FaceTime as well. Yeah, I mean, the, and, right. and they actively went out and said, "Look, this works on whether you're on 3G, 4G, or Wi-Fi." But it was, no. it's app-based, right? It's, it's well, an app that you, you download. Well, so is FaceTime. Maybe third party. Yeah, they, they didn't too. make it. It's. I think no, no. I think they're including 3D calling with the Evo. I think they've, they're they're bundling something now. Bundling an app that they didn't make some like a Fring-like app. I know they they flash an icon or a brand name. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's something related to Fring. But I mean, the point is. They let you do video calls whether you're on – regardless of your network connection. Isn't it a bit of a nightmare though? Wasn't Mossberg going on about how difficult it was to get a functioning call going on? I the think Evo? that was before they'd rolled out uh, WiMAX in okay. New York. Uh, but yeah, so I mean I thought it was interesting. And then of course Apple's response was not an iPhone ad or an iPod Touch ad but just this long kind of gradual profile shot starting at the hinge and getting to the thin end of the new MacBook Air. So. Yeah. There was some. They were running. They're still running the, the the iPhone 4 ad. They're running the Retina display ad. Oh, right definitely. De- but I di- I didn't see that during the series. I saw. I just saw. Oh, I uh, did. I saw that, and I saw a MacBook Air. Okay, I saw two MacBook Airs, but I must must have been in the bathroom or getting a beer or something. There's the, the, yeah. there's a stripped down simplicity to the Apple ads that is pretty. I I mean I I think their ads are yeah. There's no hard sell. Fantastic. It's just hey, here's this thing. It's really cool. We're yeah. gonna let the product. Yeah, you imagine they would be pimping like MLB apps and baseball apps. It, it's when it's when you see them next to each other that you do realize the vast difference in in these marketing approaches. The, the Evo ad is full of bells and whistles and people walking around elaborate CG environments and right. there's a lot of elements. And then the Apple ad is just stripped down to absolutely just a close up of the device and some. Elegant music in the background and a simple voiceover, and you're done. Yeah, we make sexy hardware. Directed by Sam Mendes. Yeah. <laughs> really? Well, the Some FaceTime, FaceTime ones. Oh, okay. So, okay, so 
The other thing, by the way, that Evo is pushing quite hard in their commercials, and I'm not sure if it's something that a lot of people would use, but it seems kind of cool, is the ability to stream live video to the internet. Yeah, I, I didn't know they could actually do that. Is that is that through an, that's through another third party service like Justin? I don't TV know, but they, they push that in all their ads now that they should, yeah, they're, they're yeah, saying yeah. that you can you can you know run your video camera on your phone and it's going. I don't know where it's going. Presumably to some to, website. To the internet. You've established. So you can yeah. you could do that with your iPhone. Yeah, you can do that with. There's a Justin TV app. Yeah, you can do oh, that is there? Stream okay. Since then, three three G, you could do that with your iPhone. Okay. Yeah. And then I saw another. Yeah. Ad. I think this was for Droid though, but they were pushing another Apple like feature, which is the phone locator. Yeah, mm, yeah. Well, yeah. Verizon has that as well. It's a, it's their security thing. So basically, you can. It's all the same stuff that comes with mobile, mobile me. I don't think Apple char- uh, Verizon charges for it. I think, or maybe it's like a three dollar a month surcharge or something. But basically, it'll make the the ringer on the phone go off at an incredibly loud volume, no matter where it is, if you lose it or feel like it's been stolen. Right. So, um. So yeah, I mean, who who do you think won? I mean, I I think I know where Gary stands on the Apple versus the world advertising question. Um, I mean, do you feel like it is, it is promising in- features and benefits is better than hey, look at this cool thing we made, or do you do you appreciate the elegant simplicity of the Apple? I always prefer the direct approach, and I, the best example of 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 that is look at the exact opposite. Look at the look at those abominable. Uh, I'm a palm PC? pre ads. Oh. No, the palm pre ads oh, were the, terrible. The, the like the hallucinogenic like. Crazy, yeah, the crazy, ethereal. the crazy woman, the scary oh, woman, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking in riddles and kind of haiku type poetics, and there was almost nothing about what the actual. You could watch the whole ad and not understand what was well, being that's advertised. That's because they were advertising to women. But did you guys that, see that was a women targeted campaign? There's one ad you guys didn't talk about the Microsoft Windows Phone Seven ads, and those are great. See, we talked about these last week. I, I don't. I think that saying, "Hey, your smartphone is dumb, and you're dumb for using it the way that everybody uses their smartphones." No, and no, then no. saying, "Hey, we're coming out with a smartphone," is a foolish way to advertise. Th- that's not the message smartphone. of the smartphone. Uh, they're, they're ads. All of their ads are centered around people. Or if you haven't seen the ad, it's people too invested in their smartphone, looking at the smartphone and causing right. accidents. And there's okay, different so, iterations. Okay, so, there's a new one, the season of the witch one, which is which is also pretty good. Like yeah, it's all just one single one shot of everyone and, yeah. obsessed yes. with their phones. Well, they're entertaining ads, no doubt. Yes. But, but the message is that. Existing smartphones are uh, a waste of your time because you're spending too much of your life on the smartphone, which the implication is that they're not very good at getting you the info you need. Right. Because their big selling point is this dashboard, which has, you know, all your quick access to your Twitter, your Facebook, and your mail. Photos, friends, Um, all that stuff. The misconception on on their marketing departments is that that's not why I spend a lot of time on my iPhone. It's not because it takes me a long time to get to my Twitter and to get to web pages. It's because I can do so much on it. Yeah, and it's become right. a habit now. You just you become reliant on having that information at your fingertips. I'm more likely to use my phone than the computer. Like the other day, I went to send an email, and I, I was sitting in my desk in front of a computer with a keyboard and a 30 inch screen, and I picked up my phone. So Windows Phone Seven really is for people who like the idea of wanting access to their, their Facebook and Twitter and email, but don't want. So you're saying it's everything smart. Else. It's, it's training smartphone. wheels for smartphones. It, it is. It is. It's what um, the uh, the kin should have been. The message, uh, I, though, though, as you rightly point out, slightly disingenuous, is very compelling. Which is, look, you don't want to be one of these people, right? Who's constantly walking around in a trance, staring at yourself. And nobody, nobody likes that guy. The, the test, yeah, this, but, if, and, they're, and, they're, and they're making a promise, or they're saying they're suggesting that this phone will help you be less like that person. Yeah, but, it's not what nobody wants to be. That guy, no but, one's but, taking but, but their smartphone at dinner. But do you do you sell smartphones and do you make people want to buy your smartphone by saying, "Hey, 
this is a this this device will turn you into a brainless zombie. No, but it's saying that this is less likely to turn. Like it's everyone knows that the, everyone knows that these devices do that. Self involved. Yeah, but the norm's know. point is exactly right because they because of the way they advertise these phones, because of the way people use these phones. You don't use the phone. I'm not spending a lot of time on my phone because I can't get the information I want. I mean, I'm spending a lot of time on the phone because I'm I'm reading and right. learning a lot more. And the and reality is, things. over the next twelve months, we're going to see lots of people wandering around like brainless zombies with Windows Seven phones because it doesn't actually fix the problem. Well, you're, I don't know that. Spend, I haven't spent any time. You're going to spend yet. maybe two or three seconds less every time you dig your phone out to check if you've got any new tweets or right. emails or whatever. But every time you go, oh, I do have a tweet or an email, you're going to go into zombie mode well, just like you do on any other phone. I mean, that's the thing is I don't know. I mean, I know how I use phones and how I use social social networking and stuff like that. And, you know, with the Kin, it surfaced like the most recent thing or two from Twitter or Facebook or whatever, which is constantly changing for me. I mean, and part of that's because I follow a lot of people on Twitter and I have this big industry of network big network of industry friends and, and acquaintances on my Facebook. So there's a constant feed of things, but it's not like I'm getting five Facebook updates a day. And the moment one comes in, I'm going to immediately check it. You know, it's, it's that I like to d- dive into and kind of glimpse at that stream rather than like the most recent, seeing the most recent thing is a very low value to no, me. No, I think we can all agree that the, the reality behind this marketing promise is not really there, but I think that as a, as a message in terms of communicating a value, to consumers, even though it may be bullshit. Oh, right. I think it's quite. I totally, think it's quite compelling. And, yeah, I totally agree that that's cl- it's, it's a clever way to market. I think it's going to backfire on them. Right. Anyway, well, they're not, they're not advertising for you and me. They're advertising for people with feature phones. This. I is. mean, well, I mean, what do you take when you see all these ads back to back? I mean, what do you what do you think? What do you who do you think has the most compelling message? I I mean, honestly, I think that they were all kind of shitty. I mean, one of them says, "Oh, we're going to be more powerful and faster," and has a really cool 3D graphic in the background, but doesn't really say much beyond that, other than they have flash. Uh, that was the droid incredible. The the Evo 4G stuff shows me stuff that as I mean wouldn't I, I really don't see the 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 reason to do to advertise video calling as a feature. I don't think people it's something that people aspire to do but never really are going to do. Their messages and grandmas. Their big message is first, right? We're the first yeah. to offer this, the first to Kickstand, offer Kickstand first video calling, video 4G. streaming to the web, 4G. As of a few months ago, right? Right. right. So that's the thing. Even though, even though they may no longer be the only phone to offer it, they could they can still say they were the first, even yeah. though it's not relevant anymore. Well, one of the other things that was interesting is I saw a Droid X ad during the during the game yesterday that was pimping it as a new phone, which is super duper surprising to me. I wonder. If, I, I was in the other room when I heard it, so I didn't see whether they were actually showing the Droid X. I wondered if that was a mistake and they meant to run a pro spot during that or, or not. It seemed like no, it would be hard no, to do. I, I think- Droid X is I've seen so many, more way more people with Droid X than Droid Two. Well, yeah, Droid Droid X is clearly the iPhone competitor. Droid X and Incredible yeah. are the iPhone competitors. Droid I think two the vast number of people they're still on Droid One because that's what they jumped on and yeah. they want people to upgrade to Droid Two or I, Droid Droid X. I don't like the Droid ads. They're they're like very terminated. Very macho, aren't they? And, and, and yeah. they're, they're very like in your face, aggressive Droid music like. Macho, it, when it, there's it, no it, limit yeah. to, you know, he's a very macho dude. Seems like, red LED lights. He does have that kind of matrix. Seems like it's a phone for dudes who wear Ed Hardy t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I, I think ultimately, the, uh, the uh, although I'm sure it's many people think you predict what I'll say this, that I think the Apple ads are the most compelling simply because there's a tremendous amount of confidence in just being able to say, we don't need any bells and whistles. All we need to do is show you this thing right. and you're going to want to buy it. And right. that's all they do. They put the device up close on the screen and let you look at it 
and say, look, look at this thing. Look at what it can do. And it's very, very it's, – it's the, the fewest amount of moving parts. You can use it even if you don't know much about computers or phones. Yeah. And it does something cool. Right. And I, it looks, I mean, I it like looks that. great. I, I like their approach. Because they, they, don't, they don't bombard you with info because they know that after you watch it, you'll go on the website and find out more. Or go to the store. As much as you want to know. Yeah. Uh, so what have you guys been testing this week? Norm, anything exciting? I'm still using that Route 7 mouse I have in my backpack today for our awesome TNT. Okay. What are you doing at TNT today? StarCraft 2. Oh, my goodness. Are you going to play? Are you going to play professionals? Play. Are you playing Koreans? No, I'm not playing Koreans. Is Brad playing at all? Brad or is he wussed out. Oh, he's in. We are both playing. Wow. How's that going to work? One work the keyboard, one work the mouse? Uh, or take turns? That would not increase our APM. No, it seems like it'd be a mistake. <laughs> Who is better between you and Brad? I think Brad is better, but he also hasn't played in about a month. Okay. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah, he's been he's been. I, I, I mean, I'd be interested in seeing season. you two play each other on TNT. Why don't you oh, I, I think that we, we might we might do that. Okay. Yeah, we could do. We did that last time, didn't we? Or no? No. What do we do? We set up a spectator with the camera, and then you guys play on your. Yeah, own it was computers. a very elaborate setup, but uh, we'll, yeah. uh, we'll require multiple computers today. Okay. Cool. Um, anything else? Uh, and we also had a bunch of media streamers come in. TV. I mean, people were asking why we're covering so many of these set top boxes. It's because I think. Everyone bought an HD TV last year. No one's buying 3D TVs this year. Media I think, I think set top boxes, boxes are exciting. Is that's that's what everyone that's the next step. People want to get rid of Comcast, and they th- they're looking at this as an out for Comcast. I think, and and they're not they're not stacking up so far. Partly uh, because so of the far, content, but yeah, it's still early. So you see this number: two hundred seventy-five thousand uh, subscribers lost in the last quarter for Comcast. That's I can see that. Number. Well, I mean, you think about it: the economy is still bad. A lot of people are still out of work, even though things seem to be getting a little bit better. Yeah, and what's cable, the first the thing you can cut? Is a luxury for a lot yeah. of people. So I mean, especially if you're looking at a hundred or hundred twenty bucks for TV alone. How many of that number, though? If you had to kind of guess, how many of that number do you think is people cutting the cable because of the finances, or cutting the cable because they they're going to these other services, going to Oh, I think it's all because of finances. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's always the high end people paying like hundred plus dollars a month. We should show people how to put an antenna on the roof of the I know, house. I know a few I know a few people that are kind of techie people that have cut the cable just because now they feel like they can get what they want a la carte from yeah. these different online services. Yeah, I mean it's getting it's getting real close. There's a couple of hitches. We've talked about this a lot, but I mean it, it's it's an interesting topic, I think, and it's an aspirational thing for a lot of people, even if it's not really something they can do right now. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think as soon as Food TV says, "Hey, for ten bucks a month, you can get a subscription to our our content on the web, and stream that through a boxy box or Google TV or whatever," do you think that's it's a, a, that's a game changer? And for it may it may not be something as direct as people getting their TV from the internet, but it's simply that people are looking at their cable bill and getting less value because they they figure they're they're spending less time sitting in front of their TV. They're doing more things on the internet now. Well, I mean, the takeaway is so fucking what if I have a thousand channels if I only ever watch three of them. Yeah. Why do I pay for a thousand channels yeah. if I only am ever watching three or four? I saw a study the other day. I think it may, it may have been out of the UK or maybe here. I don't remember, but they, it was a study amongst teenagers and the TV has now been relegated to video source number three for them oh, yeah. behind cell phones and laptops. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and if you put gaming in there, then it's even further back. It's pretty amazing to see. I mean, you know, there was, there was a time not too long ago. Where if when I, I was a kid, you, I said to you that TV will actually would not even be dominant; it'll be number three on the yeah. list of places we can go to to get yeah. your get your video. You'd be you'd be laughing at me. Well, and the and main and the thing is, when I was a kid, you'd come home from school, you'd play in the backyard or with neighborhood kids or whatever for a little bit, and then you'd sit down in front of the TV for a good couple hours while you did your homework. Yeah, no one does that anymore. I can't imagine that. You do all of those things at once: cell phone, laptop, TV, and games. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the other things, not to get jump back in the World Series tag, but one of the other things I saw last night that I wasn't aware of is that you can get 
Comcast on demand over the internet now. Yeah, so they actually sent me that email. I got that email a while ago, but when I tried to set it up, it didn't, didn't work. work. <laughs> um, and I called Comcast and they went, oh, this is very new. Yeah, it's probably not working yet. Try again another time. So I, sh- I should actually. Yeah, try I mean, that, that. that's, that's a, like if there was a boxy app to tap into that so that I can watch that stuff on the internet, I mean. Well, it's supposed to be a Hulu nom, Plus nom, competitor. Nom. And uh, not like Time Warner has their own thing. The same thing. If you are they charging for that? Is it an extra not. charge? If, it is. If you already are a customer, to retain you as a customer, so you don't cut the cable. Interesting. Yeah. And it's basically on. De- it's not like you're getting the live cable stream. No, no, no. You're it's, getting the on demand. It's the service. channel one stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is which is actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean a lot. A lot of the stuff that I would. That, again, this is where I think Apple TV and Roku and these people have problems. Is Cable's actually doing already a pretty good job of this. I don't yeah. know how DirecTV and Dish Network do it, but but Comcast has a very good on-demand service where all the major TV shows and all the major networks have most of their recent shows available for oh, yeah. free. Yeah, I mean, including stuff from HBO and stuff that you can't get elsewhere. But, on but this is where people are really afraid because Comcast buying NBC, you know, then they might be the only service where you can you have to have a Comcast TV subscription. So you're saying you can only watch 30 Rock if you get 30 Rock yeah, online. Right. And, for, and yeah. forget about Apple TV I think and you mean Cable Vision. Cable Town. Cable, Cable Town. Town, yeah. With, With a, a K. K. Yeah. With a K. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, we also sat down with the Logitech Review, which is the Google TV box. That video is on the site right now. Uh, the long, short version of a long story is that basically it is not as quite as fucked up as the Sony one is just because the remote is huge but better. But it's still not a good product. You should not buy first-gen Google TVs. That we've tested so far, I think I think the keyboard is much better, um, and the it's video chatting thing is completely. Big, I was surprised to see that Gizmodo gave it a fairly good review. I don't know what the fuck they're smoking over there. They're, they're smoking like, the we we want to ple- appease, you know. I've lost all respect for Gizmodo over the years, anyway. But uh, I, 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 still, I find that re- that that review struck me as really bizarre. Who, do you remember who wrote it? No, because I Jason I, Chen wrote it. It was it's called the future. This is the future of TV. Oh, so Jason's smoking crack. I'll call him out. I'll call him out on Twitter. Like, what the, to be what the, the fuck is wrong with you? No, I think, I think he's, he's more sold on the promise, but that doesn't work as Dude, a people, review of a pr- yeah, actual I don't product. buy promise. I mean, yeah. I'm not spending 300 bucks on promise. This is what I like about your video reviews yes. is I feel like they, I get a much better sense of what the product's really like than just reading about it. It's we like, want to give the experience. Yeah. Yeah. And and the experience of that Sony box was pretty shit atrocious. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to do a full review of the of the Sony the Logitech box. I actually took the Sony box back. It was such a piece of shit. I I went in, took it into Best Buy, returned it, and he was like, "Why is it? Why are you bringing this back?" And I said, "It is actually just terrible. It is a really bad product." And he said, "Yeah, I've been getting that a lot on these." Mm. So, well, you know, Google totally anecdotal. They, they realize this. They know Google TV has. They're surprised that Google TV has not been uh, well recepted, and they're moving the division to YouTube. So the people working on YouTube are now going to be working on Google TV. Yeah, because the guys that make internet sites totally know about hardware. That's why this is awesome. In I'm the actually kind of surprised that these Google boxes aren't YouTube branded. That would seem to be like well, powered by Google is a is the is a brand. I mean, that's the Android. Google brand. Google is a great brand. Yeah. Um, but and you know they do a lot of great things. I mean, fuck, they've got self-driving cars now. What can't Google yeah. do? Well, apparently, what they can't do is come up with a good internet TV well, solution. I think. I mean, I think the thing is they cut the corners and they didn't go for, with the cable card solution or something like that because it's kind of a hassle. But I think what they didn't really figure factor in is that actually the IR blaster plus HDMI pass through, which degrades signal quality, is more of a hassle 
than than you know getting the dude out to plug in the cable card because I'd rather be hassled once for a couple of hours than be totally. hassled every fucking time I change channels on a box. Totally, I was all set to buy the new version of the TiVo uh, DVR that had the cable card slots. I just I, the reviews for the the premieres, yeah, the, the reviews weren't good, so I, I held back. But I would I, I'm looking for I'm actually less- I should actually get one of those in. I haven't I I'm still using a Series Three at home just because I didn't want to spend six hundred dollars and upgrade it. I heard that the I, the UI is really slow and there's some other issues with it. I'm and I'm less worried about it now because uh, Comcast actually did a major firmware upgrade to their DVRs, which has made it a hmm. lot better than it has been. So. Okay. I'm less desperate for a for a third party DVR solution. The um the the interesting thing about the Premiere is it actually is you know that it's a HD interface right. So the old TiVo like my Series Three has essentially a standard def interface stretched up. So apparently they're using the space more effectively. Yeah, but like I that. mean the, the video reviews that I was seeing was I mean literally it's like a second or two between you pressing the button and actually the click registering on the screen. I mean it yeah. was really bad. Yeah, it's a drag. Uh, okay, so uh, other things tested. Uh, my Pressy Twist, which is the handheld espresso machine. Uh, use that. I'm getting great shots. It's taken me a little while to kind of dial it in, but I'm getting really nice syrupy espresso shots now. Syrupy. Is syrupy that... thick. Oh, man. Thick and viscous. Viscous, yes. Uh, and it was actually cheaper than I thought it was when I was talking to you about it last week. It's only $169. Oh, so half the price. Which makes it, yeah. That's more reasonable. That makes it like the cheapest way to make a real shot of espresso at home that I've Without seen. taking even a lot of space. Yeah, and it's small. I mean, the only problem with this is you have to heat it up before you use it. I mean, for best results, you you can shoot with it cold. But I've found to get a really good shot with a lot of crema, you have to you have to have it a little bit warmer. Than How you do you heat it otherwise. up? Uh, I put it in a, in a Pyrex. I, put, I have a measuring cup beside my tea kettle. Okay. Pour some hot water in there and just set it in there for about All five right. minutes. What's okay. um and one of those cartridges? How much do they cost? Uh, the cartridges are it's like fifteen bucks for twenty four of them, and each one is good for three or four shots. So, uh, I mean, it's there is a recurring cost beyond the cost of the coffee, but I mean, versus paying five or six hundred dollars for a finicky semi-automatic machine, yeah, uh, that that's that's good, but takes up a lot of space and all that. I kind of like the handheld option. I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's that. Uh, and now I think we should. Uh... I actually tested uh, well, an espresso know. solution of my own. What did you test? And this is going to make you make a face, but I had my first real experience with a Nespresso. Oh, what did you think? Um, did you get a crema? Well, on? you know, I, I no, I, I mean, I don't, ha- I didn't have one, but you know, I was, I was in Bloomingdale's. Okay, and they have a whole little kiosk there. This is these, the pod thing, right? Yeah, yeah. very well groomed gentlemen in in expensive suits that have all the pods and the machines, and okay. they, they, it's like a little sample bar. Did you buy one? No, because okay. they're outrageously expensive. Yeah, and I already have a lot of coffee machines at home i don't need a yet another one are you still enjoying the grinder uh, i'm enjoying the grinder very much and i'm now going back and forth i've got two different solutions for coffee at home now one Uh-oh. is my my uh the keurig, keurig which is when i just want to you know have a cup of coffee and i don't yeah, want to yeah. fuck around i'll just drop in you a just want there. some joe the newman's own organic extra bold is very good that's my my coffee that's of Gary's the day coffee pick of the week yeah i enjoy that uh, so when I just want to, you know, just just zap out the door with my travel mug, then I'll just bash that in there. But if I want a real cup, okay, I'll I'll slam some beans into my grinder, and I and I'm you know, got my uh, got a new French press. Okay, so um, excellent. I got to tell you, I'm not tasting a big difference between the the quick and the the the. More I'll, I'll give you some coffee. tips after the show. All right, you can give me some. Tips I'll give you some pro tips. You know, someone someone mentioned earlier in the office, we show people how to make like really fancy coffee with fancy equipment, but there is no good video. Showing us how to make a, a normal can, we, cup of coffee. We'll do a, just a, a cup of joe. A cup of joe with just we'll a do cup a, of we'll, joe by a target. We'll do a drip coffee video. I, I just, I, I'm just focusing on the cool shit because I think everybody knows how to make a drip coffee. So the espresso not, not everyone. I was, I'm not a Except big, for Chan. I'm not a big espresso shot drinker, but I yes. discovered that these will also do cappuccinos and lattes. So I'm like, okay. The well. Nespresso? 
the Nespresso will also so yeah. Well, that's what it is. It's essentially mass market commoditized espresso, right? In a shot, right? And, and and I mean, the thing about espresso is, in order to do it in a real machine, you have to you know grind the coffee much more finely than you would traditionally, right? And you tamp it with the special thing to get the you know the grounds yeah. compacted in there nicely, make a good puck. And it's I mean, it's kind of a process, right? Right. So I mean, that's why typically home espresso is not something that most people do. I mean, usually you go to a, a barista and let a professional. Well, I was go. quite impressed with the quality of the coffee, the Kramer and the whole, you know, it looked like mm-hmm. a, a real one. I mean, it was it was it, it, it it's not like one of those things you stir up with the powder. No, and it had the steamed uh, the frothy steamed milk, okay. and the whole thing. It was all very good. But I, the sticker shock on it is pretty outrageous. How much are those things? I, don't I mean, you're, know. you're looking at the, the best part of a thousand dollars for one of the higher end machines. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah! Wow, that's crazy. I mean, for that you could for a thousand bucks you can get a real you can get a real espresso a real espresso machine. machine and probably a pretty good grinder with all the too. nozzles and yeah. and uh, things and, and make something that's but that's but again actually, for that you're going to be working much harder for your cup of coffee. It's not that. I mean, it's five minutes. It's, the thing is, it takes a little while to warm those up and all that. So there's a process there. Let's let's uh let's what do you say we do some news, gentlemen? Sounds good. I think the big news this week is that uh, Barnes and Noble had an event earlier and rolled out the successor. Maybe is it the successor you think, or is it a, well, a not, companion? Maybe is it an offshoot or a? Sequel? I think it's an offshoot because they're not getting rid of the original. Okay, so the original. there's always so a Nook e- Color e Ink, yes. yeah, uh, which which has some of the most abominable capitalization of any product I've seen in a long Capital time. Capital N O O K lowercase C O L O R one word. Yeah, I fixed that. I just made it Nook space Color because uh, I I that a uh, uh, just a, angers me at a deep, deep, profound level. That's not the name of the product. I don't care. It's that's what the name of the product is on Tested.com. God damn it! So this seems to be occupying again. The tablet space just seems to be fragmenting, fragmenting more and more now. Now what we have is something that's kind of like what half e-reader, half tablet. Well, I mean, you say it's fragmenting, but I think what we have is like a ninety-five percent. Apple share, right. and then that last five percent is just millions of products. Everyone is scra- is, yeah. is fighting over the scraps. So let's see. It's a it's a seven inch screen, right? Android powered, uh, eight hour battery life. Well, we don't know what powers it. We don't know what CPUs in it. But it runs Android. They 21. said Android. They said eight eight hours of battery life though. On eight hours on with screen on. Right, screen on. Yeah. So, and it's and it's a curated experience around book buying. And reading. Book and magazine buying. Oh, and magazine, right. That's so this their is, big thing. This is – and they have a deal with I think Hearst and Condé Nast to come out with uh, something like 100 magazines at launch or something like that. Is that right? And presumably but also will also buy any book you can already buy off yeah, the I mean, store. Yeah, anything on the store. store. All the normal rules about lending and all that stuff apply. Interestingly, Amazon announced that there will be a lending program very similar to the Barnes & Noble program for Kindle. Which is great. I love the lending. I think thing. that's fantastic. Um I, are we excited about Nook Color? I, I, I'm not particularly. I think it's kind of. I don't quite yet know what it is. It seems like mo- I don't think that this is meant to be like an iPad or a, or a Galaxy. Well, there's going to be apps, like a full tablet competitor, is it? There's going to be apps, but there's no Android Marketplace on it. It's just like a Barnes and Noble app store. I saw a video, a hands-on video, where the scrolling of pages and things and and it seemed Slow. yeah seemed very janky. Oh, yeah, that's not good. I mean, it, it, the thing is, I, what I don't understand is what what the fuck is a curated experience? Curated experience means closed experience. Walled garden. It just means doing doing the ebook way. You know, I the mean, way but, Apple's been doing it, but the only app is the killer app, which is reading. Yeah, I mean, I I just I don't understand. It's two hundred and fifty bucks, which is cheap for a seven inch Android tablet. If it were something that was open, you could run real apps on. It seems like to me, I I just don't I don't 
I, I don't know what this for people is. who want tablets only for reading. For yeah, magazines. Well, I think there are the plenty thing, of people for that. This is the yeah. thing I think – this is the way I think it should be positioned. I think it's foolish to go after the iPad as a fully functional tablet mobile right. computer right now. But I think where there is a lot of space is in the idea of a really good, efficient color e-reader because that's the that's big true. problem with e-ink right now is you can't do you can't do color photos. You can't do color magazines. Yeah, glossy magazines lose a lot. Like yeah. wired on the Kindle yeah. would the be really The books don't shitty. have the full color covers. Um, right. I don't feel like I'm getting the full book yet. I do when I get mm. the iBook because I'm on a full color screen. On the Kindle, I don't. Illust- well, you know, the, the Kindle illustrations on, are more difficult to do. Kindle app on iPad, however, gives you the color color screen and color illustrations and stuff like that. If if the book is a color book, if it supports it, right. Um, but what what I'm saying is, I think where this is this feels to me like a, the next logical step up for e-readers. And I don't know if it's quite you know a lot of people are groaning, oh LCD, you know, oh, it's got battery life and, and other issues. It's not as it's not as crisp as as e ink. I don't know if color e ink is something that can even be done or if it's coming. Yeah, um, sure. But until until we get there, this is I guess as as good as it's going to get. Well, I mean, I, so I spent uh, time a couple of well, a couple of things. First off, my wife got a note about one of our magazine subscriptions that said, "Hey, you get the iPad version of this free now because you're a subscriber. Just go put in this code, register." And I mean, that was a, that's an awesome experience, right? You go in, you hit the button, you download like a 250 meg file. And I think it was entertainment weekly or something like that. Right. So it comes, comes to the iPad now instead of the paper versions, we get it faster. And we've been saying that for a while that books should do that, right? Books should, should work a, the same a, way. It should be a digital copy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if I buy a hardback, I should get the digital copy for free or for a buck more or something like that. Right. Um, the, the, I, I also spent some time with the wired, uh, the wired digital edition this weekend, which is. I looked at the preview version, preview edition that they launched a couple months ago. Hadn't really looked at it since. And I bought a couple of issues that I, my subscriptions lapsed apparently because I haven't gotten in a while. Really pleasantly surprised at what a kind of interesting reading experience that yeah, is. Yeah, it's good. I've enjoyed uh, Time Magazine as well. I've I've had a couple of plane flights. Do they do the same thing where it's like uh, stories are vertical scrolls and – yeah, it's a and similar you, setup. They're not quite as ambitious as Wired with some of the 3D animations and interactive stuff that Wired's doing. Okay. I could not care less about the The interactive, interactive stuff is the less stuff. least interesting part of I it. I just need a good way to read text and good good image layout. Yeah. But the, um, is time the one where you have to buy separate apps for every issue? Um, I don't remember. I think they've fixed it now so that it up, like Wired, it updates. It's one so app. You go, and you go you into the app note. and you can just buy and there's a, like a mini store inside the app. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm really interested in that as a former magazine guy. I, I think that people are just starting to find their legs with the with the interactive magazine format, and uh, I mean, it's 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 definitely something I of interest. St- I feel I like, like print. I still feel well. The thing is, the thing I'm missing is like, why can't you search inside the issue? Why is there no search on these issues? It seems like that would be something that would be really <laughs> valuable. Uh, well, why don't we, you know, all, all, there's all, a bunch all of those things stuff. will come. I mean, it'll it's come, an, it's a nascent thing right now, but you know, to go back to the nook, I think that this is, this is definitely a battle worth winning. The next generation of e-readers will obviously will be color. So here's the big question. This runs apps. Is yeah. Amazon going to try to release a Kindle app for the nook color? Well, you came out saying that if, Am- if the Amazon should do that. Right? I think absolutely they should. Yeah. I mean, if Amazon, it depends on whether Amazon wants to sell Kindles or eBooks. Uh, well, and well, the other side of the equation is: Is it in Barnes and Noble's interest to allow that to happen? Right? No, it's, it's not. Well, except that's a way. If they allow it to happen, it's a way for them to to pull Kindle users over. Because if I can get my books on the Nook Color, and the Nook Color is an awesome device, I think everyone's in the business to sell. Well, hold e-books. on, but Apple is in the business of selling its own books in its store, and it allows Amazon to have. Well, I think that's probably because they would have gotten sued had they not done that. 
I think Apple's in, in the business of selling hardware, and both Amazon and uh, Barnes and Nobles are in the business in of business selling, selling books. Uh, digital copies. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a really interesting question. I I, I would be willing to bet that there'll be lawsuits around the issue either way. I think the problem with these readers, though, with what you're seeing with this Nook Color, is that they're confusing when they when they add these apps and the ability for it to do more things. It, it confuses people as to whether or not is it a high powered e reader or yeah. a low powered tablet, and I think yeah. they should just stick pick something and go with it. They're sticking. They're they're calling it a high powered e reader, right? Okay. But it, what really is is a low powered low powered tablet. tablet. And the thing is, at two hundred and fifty bucks, it's significantly more expensive than the and and no three G significantly more expensive than the than the Kindle with no three G. The right. the, the, the hundred and forty dollar Wi Fi only twice one. as much. Yeah, and and I mean I don't know. I think on that kind of market, they're going to look at people are going to look at cheap and black and white. Versus and ten two weeks of battery versus eight hours of battery double the price and color and readability is the big thing I, I think everyone knows like the big selling point with e ink is how well you can read it in sunlight whether you know it's true or not that's what people expect well it's a hundred percent true it is and, true it yeah. is certainly true it's and, equally true that you can't read it at night which you can on an LCD right. so it's a trade off right. when are you more likely to read your books but I can't read my paper books at night either Gary without a light right yeah. that's true. Yeah. But, the, but the technology is supposed to offer a benefit beyond these products. Well, the benefit is that you can carry 2,000 books in the palm of your hand. That's definitely a benefit. Yeah. That's what, a what's, benefit. The, what's, the, what's the situation with Nook overall? How are they doing in the marketplace? It's, it's unclear. I mean, I don't think they've released any numbers about units sold or anything like that. And it's, you know, they're not, gonna, they're not going to if they're not happy with them. So. Right. The fact is they probably haven't gone – if they've done, ga- I mean, done the, gangbusters, we would have heard some numbers. The, the thing is the first device was an interesting form factor. At launch, it was pretty buggy and slow. I think they with the 1.4 release, they really made a significant improvement to that. It's still a bigger device. You know, I think that the the Android touchscreen, the color LCD touchscreen is of very low value ultimately. Yeah, which um, I realize. Yeah. I mean, I think we can all agree that the no color is the right thing for them to do given who their competitors are and where they are in the market. Well, it gives them an interesting – and it, it gives them a reason to – that product a reason to exist. Yeah. I mean the only other thing they could have done was gone straight uh, e-ink $99 and just yeah. undercut Amazon. I mean but if they, there's – that's not – I mean that's exciting for – that's a uh, short-term solution to a long-term I, I problem. I think when Kindle can, can produce a color version, which is just as good at reading magazines and full-color yeah. books and illustrations as it is at reading just plain text – then I think iPad is going to have a serious – that will be the first well, serious competitor to the iPad. It's like that Mirasol stuff that we saw at that, that Mobile Focus event a few weeks ago. I mean it, when that becomes a real thing, essentially it's a backlit, also reflective lit. I mean it looks looks like – it doesn't oh, look as papery I'm, as I'm going to say that, that like maybe second or third generation of that technology. Yeah, I mean it's not – Because as it is right now, product. it's not – it's not going to be good as a competitor to. I'm, li- I'm liking the seven-inch form factor as well. As much as Steve Jobs is saying, maybe rightly for all I know, that you know it's 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 not appropriate for full-powered tablets with all the multi-touch and pinching and zooming and all the stuff you'd want it to do. Um, as a for an e-reader, for a reading device, good format. Fine. Yeah. yeah, you can hold it in one hand. Uh, yesterday, you sent me a link to a story, Gary, that was. Well, it, it basically said Microsoft was a dying consumer brand. I just thought it was I, it, it it was surprising to see it come from such a mainstream source as CN, CNN, CNN money. CNN money, right? Yeah, um, it was either that or Forbes. And it was a fairly you know fairly strongly argued piece. I don't mean strongly well, necessarily the arguments were that convincing, but I mean the guy was coming at it from a very firm position about. This. I mean, basically the story was Windows PCs are uninspiring. You know, they, they, consumers don't get excited about buying a new PC. It's something they do because they have to, not because they're excited about it. Right. 
Uh, Xbox is kind of cool, but they haven't managed to replicate that mojo since the in the last six years. Yeah. Zune was a flop. Zune, while uh, uh, creative, I mean, uh, 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 re- reviewed very well, has been a pretty much a com- commercial flop. Wasn't really able to make any market share for itself. Right. Well, I mean, the thing is, Zune came out. the 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 big point of the story is Microsoft keeps coming into these new markets three years after everyone else has already locked down the taken yeah. the new out of. They the don't market. really seem to innovate anything anymore. Right. Right, so they're coming out with iterative products based on other people's uh, market leaders rather than leading themselves. I mean, this is pro- perhaps what was even more damning, and the, the story did reference this was you know the departure of Ray Ozzy. Um, even I, even he had some fairly unkind words to say about where he thinks Microsoft is. Well, I mean, going. Ray, Ray Ozzy in his departure letter basically said, "Look, PC is is a this is the PC isn't going to be the PC in twenty years, and Microsoft isn't pushing that change. Microsoft's riding riding along with everyone else, right? And that's where Microsoft sh- Microsoft shouldn't be there. Plus, right. you look at where all, most of their money comes from, right? More well, Office." Period. Office and, yeah, well, office and, this, and this is where in, in, in the debate that's been going on, this is where I think there's been some confusion. People are saying Microsoft's not going anywhere. Look at Windows. Look at Office. Well, that's great. But those aren't consumer brands primarily. As much as well, they are. to make Windows a consumer brand. Most of their business, though, is done in the business well, space. Windows is clearly a consumer brand. Office used to be a consumer brand. But Office as a consumer brand today because of the rise of things like OpenOffice and Google Docs – I mean, you you don't have to buy Office so your kids can write papers anymore, right? And I mean, Microsoft's responded to that with the Home and Student Editions, which are you know a hundred bucks or eighty pricey, bucks yeah. instead of well. But five years ago, when I bought Office when I was a freshman at, in college, I think it was two hundred and fifty bucks, and I I had no fucking choice. Yeah. It was either that or use VI. Yeah. So um, I, I mean, I, I think this is it's an interesting it's an interesting place to be. I, I think Microsoft has to start innovating again, though. I mean, because we we haven't seen you know the products that we have seen that were innovative, like Courier and and Surface and all that. Nothing is nothing's come of them. My my contention all along has been that Balmer is the problem. I I don't know that Balmer is the problem. I don't know. I don't think Balmer is a particularly an imaginative sort. Well, and when and when you have a company like Microsoft, imagination should be one of your key factors, right? They're not even replacing Ray Ozzy. That right. position's being. The micro- so you said the Bill Gates position. The is position gone. of your chief chief yeah. visionary is not going to be replaced. Well, and and I mean, so there's no. I mean, that that's exactly it. It seems like they're they're so beholden to shareholders that they're not able to make interesting choices, even if they're high risk choices, just because they're you know they can't spend a, a little bit of money on a project that's interesting just for the sake of interestingness or potential long term growth. And it's unfortunate because Microsoft Labs comes out with cool software. I mean. The the stuff that they did with Sea Dragon and what was the other thing? Photosynth. Photosynth. Um, I mean, it's it's cool stuff, but there's no real practical applications of this neat technology that's well, coming out of these labs. To take the Microsoft side of the argument, as as many people have pointed out, you could make the argument: Well, who cares if Microsoft isn't a strong consumer brand? They're ultimately not really a consumer company, and do they need to be? They make a ton of money in Windows, a ton of money with uh, you know enterprise and uh, and Office and. Their well, uh, and their their core, you know, functionality type stuff for business. That's the same thing that they said about IBM when Microsoft was taking over for IBM. Right. Who cares if IBM is not a consumer brand? I mean, IBM's done pretty well. They made a lot of money. Their share price is pretty good. It's not. But that's, so that's. I mean, Microsoft's not cool or sexy like you know Apple or Google or any of these companies that are focused more on consumers. But do they do they need to be? I mean, they're going to keep on keeping on just with their core businesses. So do you think? Do you think Microsoft is perceived as lacking innovation because? They don't have, you know, Steve Jobs. They don't have a really exciting visionary CEO in front of I them. I think Microsoft is perceived as lacking. Themselves. 
I think Microsoft is perceived as lacking innovation because they lack innovation. Yeah. And but and this is the thing. So Gates, you know, what I say what you want to say about Bill Gates, he's a visionary. Yeah. Steve Jobs is a visionary. Steve Ballmer, I don't believe is a visionary. I think Steve Ballmer is primarily a businessman. Yeah. Um that's that's where I stand. You only have to look at the number of clownish statements. I mean, look at Ballmer's predictions on the iPhone to see how how fatally he misread that market. Well, and then the, and then they're essentially rolling out with a, you know an iPhone 3G competitor three years late, and this is what they keep doing. Right. Where are they in the tablet space? You'd think Microsoft would be somewhere in the tablet space, yeah, and yet all we got was a product. We got mock-ups of a product that a lot of people seemed excited about, and then just disappeared. Well, they're releasing it to consumer. Uh, it's to, to enterprise now. That HP Slate. No, the, I'm talking about the Courier. Oh, the Courier. Yeah, I mean that—that's yeah. The for a company that rolled out with a tablet OS in what 2001 or 2002, but it wasn't really a tablet OS, was it? I mean, this this well, again, this is the difference. Apple built an, a, a mobile OS from the ground up, whereas all Microsoft really did is just slightly modify Windows. Well, and and they didn't even go so far as to integrate that tablet support into Office and to other Microsoft products. Like if you if you Office was not a tablet friendly piece of software, and there's no reason that Office that there shouldn't have been an Office tablet edition. Much as there's iLife, you know the the iWork apps for for uh, uh, iOS. So anyway, so so yes or no, Microsoft's dying as a consumer brand. Gary, I think I know where you stand. I don't think Microsoft ever really was that compelling a consumer brand. I think Xbox. You look, Xbox is probably their biggest success in the consumer space in the last ten years. I don't oh, no th- doubt. I don't think it's a coincidence that Xbox is also the product which is the most. Least Microsoft, most divorced from Microsoft branding and the Microsoft yeah. uh, idea. I mean, I think I think when Xbox first came about, it was fa- it, it was a fairly autonomous division within Microsoft that wasn't it was a splinter to a lot of, splinter group. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of like a, a rebel enterprise. And well, now they, it's all been brought inside. I mean, and in fairness, they spent a ridiculous amount of money on Xbox. They they said, hey, this is something we want to do at a corporate level, and spent something like seven billion dollars or something on it over the first ten years. And you know, what? I give them a lot of credit. I always, whether or not I like the look of the product, I always admire the effort. And I think Connect is very innovative. Whether or not it's going to if be it any works. good, we don't know. But yeah. I admire them trying something really... Different. Rather than just making it Waggle Plus. That's the thing. Sony, with the move, sickens me. Because it's clearly just we. It's Wii Motion <laughs> Plus Plus. Oh, do you want to talk about these rumors about Apple buyouts? Yeah, can we talk about the Apple-Sony buyout rumors? Because that's just fucking Sony. stupid. I love, I love the... Don't you love the fact that, that Apple got to the size where that rumor could be real? It's like they the could buy Five billion Sony. dollars... Is it fifty billion? Fifty billion. Fifty billion dollars in cash. Something. Yeah. And cash. Jobs hinted at this, right? On the on the earnings call, someone said, "Why are you just sitting around with all this money? Why don't you just give it, some of it back to your shareholders?" Right. And Jobs said something cryptic about how there may be strategic opportunities in the future that they want to keep that cash on. So then for. the New York Times went and made a list of companies that cost about fifty billion dollars. Right. That's that's where this. Yeah. That's how Sony, this started. Well, they're EA. not going to blow. They're not going right. to blow all their cash. But obviously, there's a lot of companies under fifty billion that they. Can, right. They can right. Buy. I mean, what's Sony valued at? Fifty-four billion. Four, okay. Forty. Forty billion. Forty billion. Okay. Market cap. Apple yeah. is not going to buy Sony. What would they do with it? Well, that's the question. What does Sony have that Apple wants? PlayStation? Not really. No. Nope. TVs? No. Maybe. No. Maybe if they have some LCD manufacturing. Facilities. Do they have any core technologies? They have patents? a lot of factories. Is what yeah. is yeah. what Sony has. But, but Apple doesn't want manufacturing. No, Apple just contracts out to somebody else. Let somebody let Foxconn do the manufacturing. Right. Then they don't have that liability. Right. There's absolutely no reason for Apple. And to Sony, to and Sony also has a lot of fiddly counterintuitive products that are completely anathema to. Right. Oh no, Apple they throw stuff for. at the wall. Well, so, Sony Sony's- tries crazy shit all the time. Right. But it's always like the fucking Johnny Six remote. It's like but they have like a lot of prestige of products. Idea. Right. Well, Bravia is a prestige line. Right. The 
no, but I'm talking like the the IBO. Well, and, the IBO has and all their ro- robot research. Yeah, come on, and stuff. But most of their money comes from selling the load and entry to mid level products. TVs, TVs, and DVD players. Yeah, Blu-ray players. I'd like to see Apple buy Netflix. Maybe. Did you see today Netflix that won't sell Apple. speaking of of crazy valuations? Did you see that Zenga is now worth more than, than EA? EA? Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. How much yeah. is EA worth? Fifty billion. Fifty. No. And Zynga's worth EA more than is not that? worth fifty. Billion. No, what was it? Eight EA billion. Is, is, Fifteen billion. I don't EA know. Lloyd said that not worth that much, but Zynga, because of how many users and the revenue, is well, valued. and the market. They're, they're not public. Zynga is not public. Well, the the thing it's, about the thing about Zynga is five hundred million people are on Facebook, and they're reaching a substantial number. That, of those that is people. a problem. What's Facebook's worth? What's uh, Facebook worth? Facebook's valuation is tied to Microsoft's valuation because of that share. That share swap thing. I, think. I don't understand enough about this to talk about intelligently. Um, but Zynga, on a side note, is is as much as their value, all their success is dependent on how Facebook, you know. Yeah, Facebook locks them out. They're completely yeah. fucked. Although they do have people who you know well, kill their there, babies wasn't because there, they're playing Farmville. Yeah, that's shocking, isn't it? When there's some rumors though that Zynga was going to voluntarily decouple itself from Facebook because it doesn't like being tied to the face, Facebook's no, uh, credit pricing structure, totally, and that kind of stuff. Yes, they they want They've to tried. do that, but it's not whether they want to; it's whether they can. It's whether they'll be able to. I mean, the, I think their strategy is to acquire users on Facebook and then move them to other platforms. So it's PC, iPad. I iPhone, mean, Zynga whatever. at this point could create their own social network. Well, Zynga kind of is their own social network. But rely, but reliant upon Facebook, Facebook as its foundation. It. Yeah. I mean, so you could decouple from that entirely. Yeah, but I think at that point the whole thing collapses. Because the reason it works is you keep getting prompted when you're on Facebook. Again, it's the whole thing about, yeah, the game is in front of where you are anyway. Right. So $5.51 billion for Zynga versus $5.22 billion for EA. But like Norm said, Zynga is not publicly traded, so it's kind of a bogus thing. So Apple could buy EA and still have $45 billion in the bank. Buy EA and Zynga and still have $40 billion. Billion. Yeah, it's nuts. It's a lot of money. But again, why would they, why would they want to? I have no idea. That's I don't think Apple's going to Maybe LCD factories, but I don't think Sony's manufacturing though in LCDs. Apple anymore. quietly buys up little companies and technologies all the time, but I don't think they're going to go out and buy a major public brand. Apple, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's 3D TV adoption, uh, MPD said is low. Yeah, so uh, Display Search, which is, uh, I guess, a, a part of T, a part of MPD that uh, that looks at uh, you know TV adoption and stuff like that, is, is saying that... Um, do it, basically doing just a very quick kind of postnatal health check on uh, 3D TV. You know, it's now now available at retail. It's been out there for a little while, and they, they did a quick look. Um, and you know, not not surprising. Uh, uptake has not been great. Limited, according here to MPD, limited by high prices and lack of content. Although well, they're optimistic about the future here, saying, however, with falling prices, increased content availability, and improvements in technology, all expected, there will be tremendous growth in 3D TV shipments over the next few years. So not great now, so, but they're saying that it's going to come good. In so the here's end. the thing. If you go to Best Buy right now and look at TVs, the 3D TV is listed as it's like the $2,200. It's an expensive-ass TV compared right. to comparable size, comparable performance, right. non-3D TVs. What I don't understand is why all 120 hertz or higher TVs aren't 3D TVs. I don't understand the technology, but we were talking about this. Are you saying that if a, if a, 
There's fundamentally no reason. Twenty hertz, it should be able to do. Yeah, because it's sixty hertz and two sixty hertz images. Right, right. Right. It alternates at 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 sixty hertz. The question is: There an extra chip that needs to do processing to sync with the player? Well, and do you need like something on the front of the TV to make the glasses sync? Because the glasses almost all work over. Yeah, I don't know if I'd feel confident. I mean, yeah. Do then you have got to go out and buy what a separate pair of glasses that you hope is compatible with that? Like it seems this seems like a very kind of homebrew way to get three D. Well, the thing is, if I'm confused about this, they're completely fucked in the normal marketplace. The three D TV. I mean, again, we are people that, that flatter ourselves that we know technology a little bit, and we're baffled by this stuff, right? right. For average consumers, HTTV Like, was, you can't go look on the box. It doesn't just say on the box, hey, this is a 3D-ready TV. This is a 3D TV. We just ask consumers to do this big jump up from understanding it. Like, you can put HDTV in front of someone. They go, yeah, that looks a lot better. They get that. But yeah. then there's like 1080p versus 720p and HDMI and all these things that they've got to understand. Oh, it's not good enough just to have the HDTV. You've got to have HDTV content and Blu-ray and this and that. And we've just finally kind of got people into that learning curve. Finally. And now we're jumping, throwing a whole other thing. And 3D, to me, it's incredibly complicated. You've got to have the glasses and the, are they the active shutter glasses? Well, does glasses your Blu-ray player the, work with it? Does or the, does yeah. the, do you have to use the PS3? Well, like, what, where do you, how does the content work? Do you have to use yeah, a special where, disc? And that for me is the biggest question right now. Let's say I, let's say we go to Best Buy right now and buy a 3D TV, and we go and we come home and we sit down on the couch and we put our glasses on because you get what two pairs of glasses typically? I, I would assume two pairs. Yeah, you get two pairs. Um, you sit down and then what the fuck do you do? Right. You there's put no, in, there's no there's no there's no 3D TV cable programming yet. Well, yeah, there's DirecTV has channel. a 3D channel. Oh, DirecTV has one. Yeah, yeah, because Sky in the UK just launched their yeah. 3D channel as well. You can watch cricket or something. Again, so 3D. I'm on Com- until Comcast Wickets. adds something. I'm probably huge gonna, opportunity for someone who wants to get you know. What am I going to do? Watch watch the one copy of fucking Monsters vs Aliens that came with the TV. <laughs> just watch that over and over. We're, we're going to start doing everything in 3D here at Whiskey Media. So when when the when the 3D revolution happens, Cutting edge. We'll, yeah, we'll be on the bleeding edge. I think I'm right in saying. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm not, but I think I'm right in saying there's no. 3D content available in stores right now. You can't just go out and buy the 3D version and of I this think, movie or that movie. I think even the 3D versions that came out last year, like if you bought a Coraline with the 3D glasses, I don't even think that works. But no. Of course not. No, no, yeah. no. There's, that's, it's separate. no. It has to be yeah. a different kind of yeah. 3D yeah. mastering. Yeah, so... Plus, people are going to want 120 hertz on each eye, so you're going right. to really want 240 hertz. So here's, here's the thing, though. NPD is saying this is going to change, and here's why it's going to change. Next year, this year, 3D is a upsell, right? So you, oh, do you want to get, or do you want to get the future-proof TV for only five hundred dollars more? You're not going to want to upgrade this two years from now, are you, Gary? Well, that's the thing, right? I'm, right. I'm, I'm looking at buying a new TV right now, and I would probably buy 3D TV just to just to kind of have it there in case I do end up right. needing it's it. A, it's a, you're hedging. Yeah. What's going to happen next year is every TV that's above fifty inches and is 120 hertz or higher. Will be a 3D TV. Yeah, it's HD TV all over again. Yeah. You go to the store right now, you've got no choice but to buy an HD TV. Yeah, so the outlook's looking great for 3D, guys. Is anybody excited? No. Uh, Norm's, Norm's looking at his iPad now. Gary's frowning. Isn't that angry. the big – no one's excited about 3D TV. Well, Isn't it's because it's problem? being fucking shoveled down our throats. It's a load of crap. It's not but exciting. HD it's not a good TV product. was kind of shoved down our throats, right? And we liked that. HD that has a, a benefit. benefit. The benefit was immediately change. obvious yeah. to everyone. Yeah. You look at it, it looks better. Yes. Um. Uh, let's see. First, uh, Windows Phone Seven. P- uh, Microsoft's developer conference is going on right now. They showed a whole shitload of Windows Phone Seven apps. People were kind of ooing and awing on Twitter. I mean, they look like apps. They interface with the home screen with the dashboard thing. That's cool. I guess. Anybody excited? My big problem is the the whole like dashboard desktop concept on phones. On Windows Phone Seven, you have the tiles, but who has eight apps on their phone? Right. I, mean, I have a hundred apps on my yet, phone and. 
Android, Windows Phone 7, and iPhone, iOS, they all do it differently. On and I don't Android, think it, it, nobody does it right. No, nobody does it right because they're all apps. Like on Windows Phone 7, it's a big list. I, that's yeah. stupid. On Android, to some extent, it is also a big list, except it's a big list. But at least you can configure those home pages. You can configure the home pages. And they can add widgets, which you can add to your home screens as well. But there's no, I mean, you're going to buy, there will be apps that you have that you don't put in your homepage that you'll never use that you bought and you'll well, underutilize. And the bigger problem on Android is that if you install a widget for an app that performs badly, it hangs up the whole fucking home screen, which is really bad. That's not good at all. Right. I mean, part of that is that's the, the danger of the open platform, right? I, I'm going to be interested to see how these perform on WinPhone 7. I mean, I'm, I'm, I haven't been this excited about a phone since iOS 4. I think this is a super exciting release. I, I, I can't wait to get my hands on some of these For phones. app developers, is is the fragmentation of all these different platforms, is that a hassle or is it relatively easy to port, to do, to do multi-platform versions of the same app? I think it depends on the app and depends on what you use to develop it. And I, and I think if you're if you're running like a Xcode, it's hard to get things from Apple's API, you know, Apple's uh, SDK and yeah. other stuff. So I think yeah. it's a pretty substantial job. I mean, let's say a year from now we're looking at, let's say Windows Phone actually makes a really big dent and we're looking like the year or two years from now, like 40, 30, 30, you know, iPhone, Android, uh, Windows Phone. If I'm serious about getting my app out into the marketplace, I kind of have to support all three platforms. Yeah. yeah, especially I mean, especially you have to you definitely have to support iOS and Android these days. Seems like you like WinPhone Seven, depending on how it sells. There's gonna be big money in middleware. Yeah, yeah. yeah. App well, I mean, that's why Adobe's putting so much money in Air on phones, right? Right. The cross platform. Yeah, because it's easy cross platform. It just works. Um, couple of small things. But the, by the way, before you move okay. on, when are we actually going to see a Windows Phone? When are they coming out? Next week, I think. Okay. Yeah, maybe the week following. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've ordered a couple, so we'll as soon as we get them in the house, we'll we'll do them. I mean, reviews were posted last week, so I think they're out in Europe now already. So all right. Um, uh, let's see. TSA cleared the 11.6 MacBook Air to stay in your bag when Why? you go through security. Why 11.6 and not the other one? Uh, I assume it has to do with interior volume. How much bomb you could pack into a tiny little space? A lot of battery in there. There is a lot of battery in there, but not a lot of bomb. It turns out. And you, well, you anecdotally have reason to believe this is this is quite a big deal. I think. I think. I mean, you travel a lot, Gary. Yeah. I I know that having to take like if I can buy a laptop that is a real laptop, not having to take the iPad out when I go through security is a great thing. It's not a tremendous hassle, but you know, going through security, you're taking now, now you're taking your shoes off, your belt, your keys, and your right. money. God out forbid of your you have some shampoo. Everything. Oh my God! Yeah, you got to get you gotta, explosive shampoo. Got to grab out your little your little Jiffy bag. Uh, you're you're buying into the Apple hype. I, it, for a thousand bucks, what if I had a a laptop that could do twice as much, but I would have to take out at the airport? Well, here's like, the thing: depends on how much you travel. It changes the way you pack if you don't have to take out of the bag. Because if I don't have to take my laptop out of the bag, I'm probably not going to carry a big shoulder bag. I'm just going to pack it in my roll bag yeah. and just leave it in the in the rolly suitcase. Right. I mean, that's the thing. That's that's. Not having to have it in the thing where I'm carrying an extra two or three pounds, I mean, it's not a huge it's, it's laptop. A, it's a whole thing now. There's a whole subsection of travel bags that have like the quick release yeah, but those are all terrible. They are so ugly. Yeah. And they're usually super oversized and it's like some shitty Belkin bag or something like that. I don't, I don't need that. I want a cool bag. I want something that looks cool. It's relatively small. And that I don't have to take shit out. And also, of. every time you're taking that thing out and putting it through the tray, you risk getting it dinged up a little bit more. Yeah. You know, or you somebody know. grabbing it on the other end because your their their your belt loop, your belt buckle exactly. is oversized. Exactly. I, I guess when Apple says this is the future of the Mac, this is what they're talking about. Future when laptops are. They're talking the about iPads. all flash, no moving parts, more reliable, smaller, thinner, lighter, Easy, more whatever. portable. Yeah, it's way more portable. I mean, in 
Well, what, what we're moving toward is the computers that William Gibson described 25 years ago in Neuromancer, you know, the consoles where you just put the glasses on and have the fucking thing that you type into. It's pretty exciting to think that just in a, probably in a couple of years, we'll be looking at, there'll, there'll be MacBook Airs of that form factor that are as powerful, if not more so, than the pros that we have now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the big question is what what happens when you, like, how far back do you have to get, go to get a lap, a comparable laptop? Like, is this is this a two-year-old MacBook? Is this a three-year-old MacBook Pro? What's 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 the that's a good question. performance comparison? I don't know. We I, I don't on the on the TSA on the TSA question. Did they have they relaxed these rules for netbooks also? No, because netbooks have hard drives. The, the hard drive is the key. Uh, that's okay. why the iPad. It's it's. I think it's interior volume and no moving parts. So when okay. you have motors and the platters and the little arm that moves and all that. Well, stuff, the MacBook Air still has moving parts. It's got a fan. Fan. Who fucking cares about a fan? Does it have a fan? <laughs> yeah, of course it okay. does. You sure? Yes. It's not just passively cool. How, no, it has it has a fan. I've seen the teardown. Okay, I didn't, I didn't look at the teardown yet. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think that's a big new big deal. It makes According it much more compelling to the for people blog, who travel. For some clarification, rules for smaller computers were relaxed earlier this year, and their words, electronic items smaller than the standard size laptop should not be need should not need to be removed from your bag or their cases. That sounds like netbooks. Sounds like mm. netbooks as well. Interesting. Anyway, I think it, I think it's iPads, netbooks. Maybe. It's when I when I travel and I don't have to take my laptop, I can get away with taking my iPad, which most of the time it's a great relief to me to know yeah. that I don't have. And TSA's never asked me to take it out. Well, because you have to worry about your shoes and your belt and it's your a, shampoo. Yeah, it's enough already. It's fucking pain in the ass. Um, Nexus Two rumor: Samsung building the Nexus Two, which was denied when they sh- shut down the Nexus One program at Google. They said, "No, we're done with this. This is the end of the Nexus line. There will never be a Nexus Seven. But now the Nexus Two supposedly coming. Uh, Samsung event in New York next week. I thought we didn't. We already kind of know there was a new Nexus phone coming. I thought they said there was never going to be a new Nexus. Phone. Google oh. says they were out of the, you know, doing. They're out of the hardware, hardware business. For phones. Yeah. Nexus right, One was just they a let set Samsung standard. build it. Then it's well, they good. let HTC build the Nexus One. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so that's that's an interesting rumor. Also on the rumor slash design prototype front, uh, PlayStation portable android phone looks like a psp go has a screen like an sony ericsson android it's phone. an interesting little uh, touchpad yeah, pictures on engadget this week yeah something you guys are excited about absolutely not the hardware failure. looks like it is a phone and not a playstation it's a phone with a controller it's a phone with a controller which well it looks exactly I mean, like a psp go right yeah. but it can't play the games with a psp go right that's the problem right so it's not okay so it's not powerful enough it's not actually a playstation it's an android port. phone with playstation controls is what uh, it looks like no yeah. i want it the other one gary just I put want his it, wallet up no i want a playstation with yeah. phone controls yeah i think that sounds like a good idea not What's, this yeah how can you brand it playstation it's like they mixed peanut butter and chocolate but instead of using like milk chocolate and delicious peanut butter they just took some unhusked peanuts and jammed into some cocoa leaves yeah they're doing it wrong they've got it backwards yeah uh galaxy tab only real android tablet my Uh, brother-in-law sent me a twitter message this morning basically said hey it looks like all like everybody's cranking out android tablets just to have something out for holiday do you think these things are real should i buy one of these he's an apple hater if somebody said to me i'm not I want to get in the tablet market, but for whatever reason, you know, Steve Jobs ro- drove over my dog or whatever. I'm just not going to buy an iPad. Yeah. I guess that's where you would have to send them, right? Where else I would, I would tell them not to buy a tablet. I mean, tab looks interesting. I'm still a little skeptical of, and- of Froyo on tablets and-, and-, and how the Android experience is going to scale up. But uh, 
I mean, we'll see. I so guess. you don't think you don't think there's a viable competitor? I don't know. We, we'll get one of those as soon as they're available. I, I mean, think for that kind of money that you're going to spend, I mean, it's not like buying a cell phone or it's not buying a cell phone on contract or a game console. You're going to want a second generation. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I mean I think people are going to rebel against monthly contracts on tablets. I don't think people want a month, another monthly contract. I think they want to turn it on and off and use it as necessary. Oh, it has a monthly contract on, on some. If you, um, yeah, it's four hundred on Sprint, I believe, and it has a monthly contract. Oh on, no, 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 no. On um on Verizon, I think it was the first one, or T-Mobile. T-Mobile has uh, no it's, contract. It's like five hundred, six hundred. Yeah. You pay more, but you don't have a you don't have forty bucks a month attached to it. Mm. Uh, last thing, Gary, you pointed out that you don't know Jack coming to the Xbox Live. I saw arcade. a tweet from uh, Denny Atkin at Microsoft, who, uh-huh. who was very pleased to announce that uh, you don't know Jack. A, a tremendous, I love. I, I have deep love for those games. Me too. Tremendous storied franchise, probably the great greatest quiz game franchise ever in computer game history don't you think well i mean it's definitely better than those old jeopardy games from oh the my mid-80s. god i mean forget about seen it and buzz and all these other things yeah they're they, pale they, pale competitors you don't know jack is the greatest and maybe some of our younger listeners don't remember you don't know jack but it, was, it really they were all macromedia based games right it was like a macromedia director and you click the buttons i and, think so i mean it was the thing about that was that you play seen it or buzz or whatever now and you play it despite the commentator being a giant annoying douche but yeah. the you don't, but the you don't know Jack guy was great. Awesome, actually added to the fun. Awesome. I really hope that it actually was good, and I'm just not remembering. And it, it didn't have tremendous production value. You never, you never saw like a TV show or anything. It was all just oh, text no. on the screen. But the but the voice of the guy was what made it come alive. It was the kind of thing that a dude in his basement with a good microphone so and a soundproof room could have. How done. far back are we going here? Were you going back to like early nineties? Mid nineties, I think probably. It was and they, 97. They made, the first 96. one made a huge splash, and then there were several. You know, volume two, volume three, volume four, and then they did. I think you don't know Jack Sports. They did a they did a bunch of they did a movie one, uh, they did a bunch of other stuff. The one that I enjoyed, which I think may now be most analogous to what Xbox is going to do, is uh, they had a weekly web show. They downloaded it. It was actually quite ahead of its time. It wasn't live or anything, but each week there was a new edition and it was ad supported, uh, and it had you know topical questions from the week's news in it. It was a lot of fun. Nineteen ninety one. There you wow. go. That's early. So that was yeah. the first one. It was a CD-ROM game. It was one of the good CD, like that and Seventh Guest and Mist were the three good CD-ROM shovelware games. I mean, it was quite, you know, when CD-ROM was still a thing, it was quite a big novelty. I remember people crowding around, you don't know Jack, like the computer. It's talking. It's talking to us. Yeah. It's like there's a, there's like there's a real live host inside the box. I, I it was well scripted. He had he had good banter. Oh, yeah, it was clever. Good I, banter. It was funny. I remember taking that home. Like I, I used to haul my computer home when I was in college. So I dragged that home at Christmas time. And... Like that and Wing Commander three, totally blew the fam away. Oh yeah, right. They're like, what? They're like, hey, that's Luke Skywalker, and the computer's talking to you. I mean, it was it was a revelatory experience. So this new version is coming January twenty fifth. Nice to Xbox Ten bucks Live. Or Fifteen bucks. And we probably. don't know too much about what this iteration of it is going to be yet, mm. but hopefully they'll hopefully they'll keep it simple. I yeah. I just want you to know Jack back the way it lots was. Lots of questions. Lots of funny. Lots of yeah, so we stuff. talked about how you know how this might work if it's just a one-off thing, and maybe you can buy question packs down the road, or if they might try to do some kind of uh, weekly show, like you could buy a season pass or something. That mm-hmm. might go some way to filling the the void left by one versus 100. one versus one hundred. I still don't understand why they killed. I think they couldn't make money with too, that. Too innovative yeah. for Microsoft. They too, went, Wait, we're innovating yeah. something. We can't be doing this. <laughs> Let's send this over to PlayStation Network. Um, so I guess that wraps it up for news. You guys want to take some questions? Yeah. See. Cool questions.
As always, if you guys have questions, you can email them to podcastattested.com. We're getting a lot of audio questions these days. So, uh, I mean, all, as always, audio questions are preferred. So if you want to get your question answered, send a MP3 to podcastattested.com. Keep it under 10 megabytes or a minute. And tell us a little bit about where you're from. We'd like to know about you guys. Here's the first question. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. Thanks for your work. Here's an audio question since it sounds like you don't have a lot of those. My name is Michael, and I'm currently working in East Africa. I'm coming home for a month over Christmas, and I was wanting to make a couple adjustments to my gaming PC, which is in the States, and then bring it to Africa with me. So I was hoping you guys could give me some advice on a good case that it's small and that I could hopefully take as a carry-on on the plane. The current motherboard in the PC is an Asus Maximus formula, so I was hoping the case would be big enough to fit an ATX motherboard, um, otherwise, the project would get pretty expensive, replacing processor memory, etc. Uh, the other part I want to buy is a graphics card. I don't have air conditioning here, so I'm hoping to find a part that can run all right with an ambient temperature of 90 plus degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, fine. I was thinking an NVIDIA 460, but I appreciate any ideas you have, of course. Um, I realize you guys might have some ideas about what the market would look like around Christmas with new products and such. Oh, and I shouldn't forget a piece of trivia. I live in a city called Morogoro, which is a hub for processing what crop? Mm, that'd be tobacco. All right, then. Bye. This guy is like the tested equivalent of the BlizzCon red shirt dude. Yeah. He's completely outgeeked <laughs> all of us. Yeah. yeah. I will. Okay, so. I don't think you're going to get an ATS case that can you can take on as a carry-on. That's going to be very, very difficult. Um, yeah, because they unless have to be kind of too skinny. Unless that's all you're taking on. I mean, if you think of a like a, a luggage, like piece of luggage, carry on. Like, it's, what, what is that? Yeah, what if you? What that if is you, the size of an ATX. What if you put a handle on the case and then stuffed your luggage inside the, the as, as packing? As well. and that, just, that's <laughs> now now you're being innovative. Yeah. Well, the other thing you could do is is leave the uh, motherboard, CPU, memory, all that stuff in the case. Take the video card and the CPU fan out. Pack them separately because those are the things that are going to break off and rattle around the case and get destroyed in his luggage and and just carry the delicate parts. Maybe take out the hard drives too if he's worried about that. So as, as like a case, box that up. Uh, what's a good case? Uh, let me think. I think the ones we got for our um, – Those Cooler Masters. The Cooler Masters when we got for our, uh, the servers were, were fine and those are ATX. Yeah, and they were cheap. They were under 100 bucks, like yeah. 75 bucks. Um, the other thing is the Antec uh, P – uh, sorry, not the P, the the other one, the 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 fuck. What are they called? The little ones. Landboy. Landboy. No, Landboy's super old. Uh, not the P one eighty one ninety, but the those other. Those are massive. Those are huge. I'm talking about the other. Um, wow, this is a great segment so far. I might just cut this whole question out. <laughs> uh, the other thing is video card. You want low power use sixty eight seventy instead of four sixty. Sixty eight seventy is the better is better than four sixty, yeah. and it's nineteen watts on idle. Right. So. That's that's the one to get. Well, and you can also turn down. Uh, I mean, you can do this on video as well, but you're probably going to have to underclock whatever you do if the ambient temperature is that hot. That is really fucking hot. Gaming also, in East Africa. Yeah. Good luck, dude. Uh, next question. That's kind of cool. Gaming. I do. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. In a tobacco hub. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. What about the, yeah. the the internet quality is like out there? Do you get 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 good pings on Team Fortress? Thin, I would think if he's on the tested server, probably not. Well, that's true anywhere in the world. True, true. Hey, Tested Podcast. This is David, also known as Forte on your forums, from the Ohio State University in Columbus, Ohio. 
first a little bit of hometown trivia. Columbus is indeed the capital of Ohio. I know you couldn't think of that last week. Interesting. But I agree that it would make a great name for a Mac update. Moving on. During Apple's most recent quarterly earnings statement, Steve Jobs said that the 7-inch tablet form factor was going to be dead on arrival due to the 7-inch tablet factor being too small for users to handle. I was curious what your thoughts were on this. I've not had any hands-on time with the 7-inch tablets that are coming down the pipes, but I know you guys have. Looking forward to your response. Big fan of the website. Big fan of the podcast. Bye. We touched on this a little bit earlier. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit. I think that Steve Jobs is saying the seven inch tablets are a DOA form factor, partly because he doesn't have a seven inch tablet. Well, that's the that's the thing is he he there's a lot of seven inch competitors. Is this just his way of dissing all those competitors in one fell swoop? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the more to the point is he thinks sixteen by nine tablets are dumb. I I tend to agree. Especially for reading, because I think the sixteen by nine is going to be much less compelling than the four by three. Norm, you're fondling as you as you so often do through the whole podcast. You're fondling your iPad right now. Can can you imagine that in a seven inch iteration right now? How you might like it? I think a sixteen by nine tablet makes no sense in a nine by nine inch tablet or nine anything larger nine ten inch. They're too long. In a seven inch, I think it's fine because then it's just perfectly one page um, vertically. And I, You're I, saying you don't want CinemaScope in your tablet? I don't need CinemaScope. Okay. Uh, iPad again, really too heavy to hold with one hand and use. I I, I can do it. My thumb is it? I mean, does my thumb look noticeably? Wow, it is noticeably larger. It's it's the it's the Holy weight. Shit. It's the weight more than it is the look, size. Look at it that. Is, look at how weight. much bigger the right thumb is than the left thumb. That's just freaky. That's just. Well, let's see yours. Well, my thumbs. I think everybody pretty, hold up your thumbs right now. My thumbs are pretty. Symmetrical. I think your right thumb's well, a little. Well, you're left-handed though. What is, what is, so what? He's in his right mind. Let's see. Let's see, Chan. Norm's right thumb is a little bit larger, but mostly symmetrical. I have a retardedly oversized right thumb. It's the, it, the, the question is weight, not size. If you took all the innards out of that case right now, you're just holding an empty iPad case. You'd have no problem holding it. Well, yeah, the metal back hand. adds some weight. And, the, but and not, it's glass. But not enough that it feels like it's kind of constantly drooping it, over. It, it, well, it, it is the way. It. And I think Steve Jobs is, is putting all his eggs in the 10-inch tablet form factor because he knows – Two it's years a proven line, product. It's going to be super light, and yeah. he's right. the, he's going to be the only one. And that's what's interesting is tablet. in the cost of of dismissing all those seven inch tablets was. I mean, he how do you, how do you he let's can't say he's he wrong, can't come out with a product now. He can't have yeah. he can't walk that back. Totally fucked. Well, I guess he could. He could say, you know what? I was just wrong. We we found a way. He to, does we found that a way all to do the it. time. We found a way to do it. <laughs> we found a way. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right. People don't want copy paste. We figured out. People, right. people don't want video on their iPods. We figured out a way to do something that even I thought was impossible. Right. <laughs> I mean, and the other thing is the Android 7 inches are using polycarb screens rather than glass, so they're lighter. Mm. Seems like. Easier to scratch. Easier to scratch. I think the I would, I, I'm really hoping that the next iPad, the, one of the things we'll see is a nice reduction in, in weight. Wait, I would like I would like to see a sub one pound iPad. I think we want to see the same form factor in the next iPad and then two years we'll see the reduction in weight. I think you I, I think you'll I think you'll see the same form. I think you'll see I think there's a chance you'll see a slightly slimmer, slightly lighter one next go around. Let's 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 make the wager. I think All come right. January what? it's gonna be the same form factor. Uh it might be a little bit lighter, but I think it's gonna be the same shell because they have this they can produce them the dimensions won't change dimensions won't change i'll be the same thickness mm. same body and i think well, it'll be the camera the added. screen the screen dimension won't change the thickness of it i think it could be a little bit thinner so it has to something has to change otherwise what is he going to talk about during well, no, the keynote? it's camera it's guts and camera it's this it's it's 31 thinner than previous ipads it's thinner than we even thought i we could don't make think it. it's gonna be thinner it's a beautiful device magical too soon. wonderful they, could, too they soon. could stand to make it a little, little here's better. the thing think about the change from the ipod one iphone one to the iphone 3g that was a year went from a metal back to a plastic plastic backs clearly on the way out but 
I think I think I wouldn't count anything out. They've sold a lot of these. They're they're going to want to make something that's a big enough upgrade that people who have already bought one, there's no contract. They want everybody to buy one of these things every year. Thinner maybe not, but if you look at what people are saying, the number one complaint on the physical side of the Too iPad heavy. is weight. Right. Yeah. So that's what they that's probably yeah. what they're going to try yeah. to address first. There you go. Uh, next question is about TiVo, DirecTV, and HD PVRs. Hi, Will, and any combination of Norm, Anna, Gary, Matt, and special guest slash guests. This is Cowguy from Tucson, Arizona, all home the bases. of the Sonoran Hot Dog. You know what I love? High-definition television. Me too. And DirecTV. Me too. And TiVo. The problem is this trifecta of awesomeness cannot yet be realized because TiVo still does not have an HD PVR that works with DirecTV. There were rumors that this was going to be released last year, then the date slipped to this year. With 2011 quickly approaching, I still haven't heard any news on this seemingly miracle device. Can you guys dig up some info on this, or will I forever be forced to use DirecTV's hair-pullingly awful HD PVR? And if you're wondering what a Sonoran hot dog is, it is a bacon-wrapped hot dog in a steamed bun with pinto beans, onions, tomatoes, mustard, mayonnaise, and jalapeno Holy sauce. Shit, that, that sounds, sounds fantastic. Awesome. Guys, I love the podcast and the website. Keep up the awesome work. Let's just talk about that hot dog. Yeah, I, I, was there a question? I, just, I don't even I remember. Just, jalapenos yeah, you kind of screwed himself there because I don't even remember. All I can Holy think now shit. is that hot dog. Yeah, the, the DirecTV TiVo situation is grim. For a long time, uh, TiVo was the actual PVR provider for uh, DirecTV. Which is great. So I get to have that yeah. all-in-one box. You get a two-tuner all-in-one box. It was awesome. Uh, when they changed to different uh, video encoding, those the boxes stopped working, and they swapped them all out for kind of shitty PBRs. I don't have any other experience with that because that's when I stopped being a DirecTV customer. Uh, I, I would hope that at some point there will be another TiVo on DirecTV, but I would not hold my breath at this you know, point. You know what I find very confusing is I look at all these commercials for DirecTV and Xfinity yes. and Dish Network. Yes. And they all claim to be the best. Yes. And they all claim to offer the most HD. You're like saying X we should do a test. Well, Xfinity is saying that they have 10 times as much HD as its competitors, which I find hard to believe. It's a lot like, of HD. There's got to be some creative uh, processing of these numbers going on. Well, probably um, probably one of them's looking at hours aired of HD and one of them's looking at number of channels. Number of channels. Yeah. Oh, I see. That's Would a good way guess. to do it. Yeah. yeah. If you wanted to be duplicitous with numbers, that would be one way to do it. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, maybe we'll set up a satellite test. It's kind of hard to test because we got to get a bunch of TVs and shut set up and dishes everywhere. How did you like being a direct TV customer when you had it? Um, I was pretty happy with them for a really long time until they made me get rid of my TiVo box. And then I told, kicked, sent, them, sent them packing. Did you ever have any of those weather-related outages that no, they always – but we live in the Bay Area, so okay. it's not – I mean – but my parents live in Tennessee. They had satellite just for 20 years. And I mean – Basically, if there was ever – the only time you ever had problems when there was when the dish built up a bunch of snow okay. in the wintertime and you basically go out with a broom, spend 20 seconds and everything's back to normal. Right. And usually it was just a signal degradation, not actual outage. Right. I mean maybe during like horrific thunder and lightning storms. If they're in the south exposure, that would be enough to block the, the signal. But we, we never had any problems. Uh, so I have one more question and then that will end our Q&A segment. Hello, Will, Norm. Anna, Gary, Matt, you can delete those as needed. Uh, this is James from Bournemouth, <laughs> England, a.k.a. Atomic Edge on your forums. Do you put any stock in the rumours about Apple using their big cash reserve for a big-name buyout, and what company do you think would be most interesting to see Apple buy? How about Sony Electronics? 
the uh, Apple PlayStation 4 could actually be a thing. Anyway, I love the podcast and I love the site. Keep making great content. Thanks. Bye. Another topic that I believe we touched on earlier. I'd like to see Apple buy General Motors. What would happen if that... Well, I'd like, just, just, I kinda, just to entertain the notion, what would happen if that... I, I kind happened. of like the idea of a jobs design Designing Cup- Cupertino. Yeah. Right? Designed in California, California by, by yeah. Americans. I mean, I, I think an Apple car. I'd buy an Apple car. No, no, no. I would not buy an Apple car. Oh, come on, Norm. I'd, I'd buy an Apple dashboard for a car. Yeah. I would not buy an Apple car. How far afield from its from its base do you think Apple could go with a new product and people would still be okay with it? I, I wouldn't be surprised to see TiVo, uh, some, Apple buy somebody like TiVo. I mean, I think if 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 they think that IPTV is going to be a big big thing, I wouldn't surprise. I mean, they have an OS that's essentially ready to go. Um, Apple TV is partially there, but at TiVo as a built-in as as the main interface app for Apple TV. Is, I, I'm not is buying that. What, what what is it that t- the last thing that Apple needs to buy in from outer house is is OS stuff. Well, the thing about I think I think TiVo is a, a front end for Linux. I mean, TiVo is not it's not really an OS. It's just a, I mean, it is an OS uh, in that they sell boxes with the OS on it. But I, I mean, I think TiVo as a service and a piece of software on top of an existing device or platform is kind of interesting. Could you ever see Apple? And, and I know we've been there many times before, but it's always fun to talk about. Could you ever see Apple making a games box? I don't think they think games. I think they think they have a games box. The iPod Touch. Yeah, basically. iPhone. I mean, I think I think that's their game box. I don't think Apple wants to get into the hardcore console space because they feel that that's a too small market. But with $50 billion, they could certainly make a very good run at it. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else electronic would TiVo buy, would, would Apple buy? Um, what else is out there? That they would want? Yeah. But, I mean, would they buy an ISP? Would they buy Comcast or Time Warner or something like that? That seems too big. I mean, they could. I mean, they could buy. I mean, Disney has been in the frame, right? Very close ties already between Apple and Disney. Apple is becoming more of a content company day by day. I don't think that's a good buy for Apple, though. I don't know that Apple wants to sell. I mean, one of the reasons Apple has strength is because they don't have. They're not content producers. As soon as they become content producers, and they lose the ability to negotiate with the content producers' competitors, that's true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what the big, what the smart buy would be. I don't know that. The, I mean, I'm sure somebody smarter out there working at Apple probably is sitting thinking what they could spend fifty billion dollars. It must on. be great to have that to be sitting on fifty billion dollars and yeah. just go what country? What, well, yeah, what shall I buy? Yeah, yeah. Let's buy. Let's buy Luxembourg. I don't does know. That, does that money even accrue interest? Does I mean? Yeah, I'm sure they have investments. It's all in the Cayman Islands. Yeah. But if it, no, but if it's in one, cash, one it's, if it's in cash, it's, it's not invested, right? It's no, it's it's it's, it's liquid. Well, yeah, but I mean, they can do they can invest significant portions in, in even if it's in like T bills or something. I don't when know. I no, when I when I when I'm when I hear about cash, I'm just thinking about like there's just a huge stack of money sitting yeah, in a it's, vault. It's a somewhere. Scrooge McDuck. I mean, that that's oh my god, how big would that be? That'd be. I can't even imagine what room, fifty billion least, dollars in cash. If it was hundred dollar like. bills, well, you know, it's the movie thing, right? You open the suitcase, it has a million dollars in there, and it's like ten rows of. Hundred dollars. Yeah, bills. it actually doesn't look that it's like, impressive. It's like a handful of money, right? Didn't they do that in uh, Lock, dodgeball? And, oh, it was dodgeball. That's exactly <laughs> when he it, opens yeah. up the suitcases, like two little wads of bills. <laughs> right. I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing. I mean, but but fifty billion dollars is an unimaginable of those. Right. Is an unimaginable. I seem to remember. Was, didn't they? Wasn't there those pictures when they they seized all that drug money and there was a huge like? Well, but that's probably twenties instead of hundreds, right? No, those were hundreds. Bills. Oh, they, they, were hundreds? They, had, they showed the room and they calculated it, how much even it was. Even that wasn't close to 50 billion. That was billion. not 50 billion. I don't think it was even a billion. No, no. Right. 
right? That was, that was like you, a couple hundred million. I, I always like to think of acquisitions in terms of dump truck loads full of money. Let's put this out there to the tested community. Yes. Let's say if we're talking about hundred dollar bills, how much money is in how, a dump how truck much, load? How much volumetrically would fifty yes. billion dollars be? Yes. Like how question. big? How big a room would you need? To we'll we'll come up with the money. prize for the person who gets closest and can rationalize it best. Well, I mean, to say get closest, that means that we actually are going to have to figure it out to know what the. Right well, we're just going to go get the, get the money. Fill up okay. the room. Just go, yeah. Just yeah, go to Apple right, and say, can we check. look at your vault yeah. and yeah. measure it? We don't want to see your anechoic chambers or your radio testing chambers. We want to see your money vault. I don't think, I don't think they could – I think that they could stuff all those anechoic chambers with money and still run out of room. Well, that's actually what they line the walls of the anechoic, anechoic <sighs> chambers with. Steve Jobs actually injecting himself with liquefied right. money. That's right. how he's staying alive. Right. Okay, I think that does it for the Q&A segment this week. If you have a question, email it to podcastattested.com. Audio questions are preferred. Tell us a little bit about where you're from and make sure to include everyone on the intro. And, uh, oh, hold on. I should, I should finish this way I started it. Uh, I think we've had a fantastic discussion today. Uh, thank you, Mr. Witta, for joining us. Norman, as always, it's a pleasure. Uh, we'll return next week with another episode of This Is Only a Test. For Tested.com, I'm Will Smith. Thanks for listening. Have a good week. Hi there, I didn't see you. Tested. It's our job. Sometimes we do stuff that's awesome. Sometimes we do stuff that's just dumb. And Tested. You guys ready to start the show? Yes. Yes. Next time on City Arts and Lectures. Yes, stay, I'm Linda stay Hunt. tuned for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> I'm Terry Gross, and this is Fresh Air. What do you think about that whole Juan Williams thing? The whole one thing? The whole thing where they fired the dude for saying Muslims are scary. I think that guy is a fucking dumbass. I say, I, that. I'm glad that he's off NPR. I think he's where he belongs. I feel now. like it's an improvement, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I it's mean, not an overreaction. We should record outtakes, lean in, outtakes, uh, outtakes, uh, outtakes, fake outtakes. Oh, it's already been an hour and a half. No, two hours. Uh, Let's see if there's any, any, yeah, new, any new news. I don't, I don't. Did you watch South Park? No. Which one was that? Oh, yesterday? The, smog, the smog one? No, yesterday. The, the hindsight. Captain Hindsight? No. Uh, what was that about? It was uh, the Coon Part 2. Oh, it's no. It's Coon and Friends. And they're trying to they have a new uh, nemesis, Captain Hindsight. Okay. He comes in and he goes, oh, this building is fire. They should have they should have reinforced the roof so a helicopter could come. They should have built better ladders there. Oh, I'm done. Captain Hindsight flies away. Thank you, Captain Hindsight, for telling us what was wrong. Oh, I see. And it was like the BP oil spill. Nice. Nice. They should have drilled so deep. BP changed his name to DP. <laughs> nice. Dependent on oil, on petroleum. <laughs> nice. I think uh, I think that they should do an episode where they mock uh, celebrity like charities, like the stand up to cancer thing. But it's not them mocking; it's Terrence and Philip mocking. There's such a huge outrage in South Park that they uh, you know have a have a big there's a reaction. Oh, that reminds me. Since we're talking about TV, I forgot to plug uh, The Walking Dead. Oh yeah. Do you want to plug Sunday. The Walking Dead now? Yeah. Hey, Gary, do you want to plug anything? Uh, uh, Mr. Witter, would you like to plug anything before we sign off? Yeah, since we're still in our uh, national public radio voices here, I'd like to uh, give our audience the opportunity to uh, remember, to tune Reminisce, in. if you will. Tune in. Don't forget uh, this Halloween night, Sunday, this All coming Hallow's Sunday. All Hallows' Eve, you say? All Hallows' Eve. Oh, interesting. Dating back to the pagan... It's a pagan ritual, pagan I believe. Pagan rituals yes. of, of, something of about times... Pumpkins. Times your... Pumpkins. Uh, Washington Irving and his, like... Well, I believe, isn't it November 1st is the date that uh, 
So you the ghosts and ghoulies are expelled, and therefore this is their so last. This is the eve, last hurrah, the eve of, of like said expulsion. They all come out to play. Interesting, fascinating, even. I'm going to so, watch Hocus Pocus. <laughs> so, so uh, if we were watching, uh, what would, what was the program called again? Well, a very special uh, Halloween treat for for one and all. I like uh, Charlie this, Brown. Actually, it's the, the Great, Great Pumpkin. Pumpkin. Charlie yes, Brown, I yes. believe, it's is a fantastic uh, program. Is probably on. Uh, I enjoy it every year. This week, if it hasn't already been, these say probably CBS, Charlie Brown, I believe they Charles do that. Schultz yes. Peanut shows tend to be somewhat yes. uh, timely, relevant, timely, yes. timeless. Some, some might even say premature. Fantastic. I believe they're showing the uh, the Christmas fan. episode in late November now. Beautiful. Well, it helps to get the the people in the purchasing season. But I if find. you want, but for a timely Halloween treat. Okay. Why not? Yes. Tune in absolutely to uh, AMC American Movie Classics hmm. this Sunday for night for some sort of zombie classic, at perhaps ten p.m. It's American Movie Classics. Why are they showing new programming? Because that's what they do now. They have the Mad Men. It's, like, it's much like the History Channel and the Breaking Bad's. So they've they've captured the, the zeitgeist, as you will. They and uh, the Rubicons. They have done mm. a very good job of transitioning from a uh, classic movie rerun shovelware into uh, the purveyors of some of the finest television on television. So tell story us, tell us about matters here. Tell us. That's tell, right. Story indeed matters. Please tell you it's you versus the Zeds, I believe. Versus the Zeds. Zeds. The Zeds. The Zeds. The zombies. The, oh, the undead. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, Zed is a, it's English, I believe, for a Z. Yes. The but final I, letter I of the alphabet. What the, what the Zed stood for in your analogy Z, there. Zed is kind of a mandragine of zombie and undead. Do you think the readers are uh, distressed by this ongoing NPR? I'll be interested to hear how this is received. Let's, should we just keep doing it anyway? I, I think let's go, yes. So, yes, Walking so Dead. Sunday night. Sunday night. 10 p.m. Eastern or Pacific? Uh, I believe both. Interesting. Whether no matter where you are in America, it'll be you 10 p.m. on on your clock, and it's a an hour and a half long program. I it's believe. the Walking Dead. It's the new pilot episode based on the uh, popular comic book series by Robert Kirkman. Fantastic, uh, directed and written by Talented. Frank Darabont, he yes. of the Shawshank Redemption. Hmm, it's a new six part series. Starts Sunday night. That was the movie with the poop tunnel, correct? That's correct. Okay, and if you keep your eyes open in some of the later scenes, you may spot a certain tested podcast regular guest as uh, appearing in the role Norman? of Gary Witter. Oh, Gary Witter. That's yes, you. I, I shall be making my, my acting debut. Your t- do you have a SAG card national now? Television. Do you I get do a have, SAG card? I have some extra? points towards a SAG card. Interesting. But uh, not quite enough to be a SAG member yet. Interesting. Or perhaps AFTRA, depending on which union I should choose so to you can choose. endorse. There are two. Choose your own adventure. Uh, but I will be in the role of Pajama Zombie. Interesting. So keep your eyes out for a uh, a voracious, ferocious, scary-looking zombie in a robe and pajamas in some of the climactic scenes. Did you still have the robe? No, I I had to be returned to the costume department along with my uh, prosthetic makeup. Mm. But it was a lot of fun to do. And uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Tune we'll, in. we'll check it out on Sunday, Sunday night at uh, 10 p.m. Sunday night, AMC, 10 Pacific p.m. Eastern. And then they're showing it again and again after that. It's a, it's a triple bill. Check your local listings for check your local near listings. You. Thanks, Gary. All right. That was a hell of an outtake.